Hi, everybody. My name is Kai Savas. Welcome to an amazing uh, conversation. We're doing another collaboration spotlight. Uh, we have an amazing trio here, the, the kind of the music and song team behind uh, all the amazing work done in theater camp. Uh, we have Bill Sherman and Will Van Dyke, who are the executive music producers, and uh, Mark Sonnenblake, uh, co-composer, songwriter, and uh, music extraordinaire. And uh, guys, thank you so much for for sitting down and, and talking talking today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess to start off, I, I want to go around the room and uh, I guess for people who might not know you and not know like uh, kind of your role on the film and uh, talk about kind of your backgrounds and stuff. And you now we're here to talk about theater camp and, and and the amazing, you know, approach, the comedic approach that the, the film took with with musical theater and and, and all of that. So but uh, yeah, uh, Bill, you want to kick us off like, uh, you know, talk about like kind of your maybe quick little summary of like you, who you are, what you do and, and how you got to this point in your career. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm Bill Sherman. I'm the one of the executive music producers of Theater Camp. Uh, I also God, do some other craziness during the day. I'm the music director of Sesame Street, and I work on a musical called Anne Juliet. And uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'm trying to think back about, Mark, how did we meet and how did this gig come along? I'm just trying to, I can't even remember. What, what was the, Someone what happened? We, didn't, we were connected through this. Someone else reached out, someone from the, maybe a producer reached out to you? I'm not yeah, sure. maybe it was that. Yeah. And then and then the funny part about this this project is Will and I have worked on a number of things over the years and we're working we're looking for another thing to to work on and what the my my favorite thing about theater camp is I was once a, a counselor at a very famous theater camp called French Woods for one summer and it was one of the craziest summers to this day and now I'm 42 years old but it was one of the craziest summers of my life. And so when someone said do you want to work on a a movie about the I was like absolutely I lived it I know it I'm totally in 100% and so uh, I called up Will and Will said yes and so we met with Mark although I must say that like we were always in different places like we were very rarely I don't even think during any of the recording sessions we were in the same place and so it was a very funny experience and um, it was one of the more like interesting well, we can get into it later but like processes in that we piecemealed literally everything in this movie together from different bands from different places from different people from different instruments, like all kinds of different, from computers, from live people, and just sort of smushed it all together. And oddly, it be, it was very successful. And I've never done something that's that, I'm not trying to, I'm not bad-mouthing it. I, it was an interesting process that at, at the end still yielded like an unbelievably good result. And so that I thought was very interesting in the, in how we, in how we work on things. But anyway, over to you, Will. Yeah, well, well first of all, Will, we've got to say, uh, for people watching and listening uh where you're not you're you're at theater camp essentially but no you're theater real theater like, uh right. yeah no i'm i'm down in washington dc at arena stage working on uh swept away which is a new musical featuring the music of the avid brothers so that's why there's banjo in the background uh and we are <laughs> having our band seating tonight so everybody's sort of meandering around behind i me. love it uh <laughs> Yeah, but I, uh, I'm i one of the executive music producers of the movie, and uh, Bill and I know each other. I don't know how we know each other, but we work together on a musical called Fly, uh, and I'm uh, the music supervisor of the musical Pretty Woman and Little Shop of Horrors, so that's sort of how I'm connected to theater and all of the awesome. things. Yeah, and you're in my here. Uh, I'm I'm from Maryland. I'm right across the border over in uh, Bethesda, Maryland. So you're close to my home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Very close. You should come <laughs> check it out. It's a very good show. Yeah, yeah. I actually was I was living in Maryland the past two years. I was, and we just moved back to LA in August. So I just left, but <laughs> so I won't be back for some time. But I would do want to see the show. It sounds amazing. Um, but uh, Mark, yeah. So talk to like how how, how did you and find your way with this uh this, this little uh 
carnival here. <laughs> I well, so I basically talked with um, so the songs in the movie uh, wrote with uh, Molly and Nick and Ben and Noah, who also all wrote the screenplay, and right, so right. initial yeah, and uh, in it and directed it, and the most multi hyphenate like talent, especially on this movie. Um, and just kind of connected with them initially, they had like sort of this script, kind of a, a, a treatment because so much of it was improvised, the movie. Um, and then at the end, the, the kids all do this, this musical and they, you know, had these kind of ridiculous ideas, kind of descriptions of what these songs might be and uh, met with them and had kind of like a trial writing session and uh, you know, went well. And we kind of just, even before... I think, you know, in hindsight, I realized maybe even before they knew for sure that the movie was happening. Uh, this was this was in like January and we started shooting, we started pre-recording in end of May, end of May, something like that. Um, but it wasn't like fully go ahead until a few months after that, but we had all the songs kind of written. And then it was kind of like, all right, this is happening and uh, went right into it. And it was the first time, um, Basically, once someone said that uh, Bill Sherman, because I, I had not met Bill or uh, Will before this, but um, Bill in particular, like, had just, I mean, aside from the, the number of things he didn't tell you on his resume, uh, just especially a lot of other movies. Um, and he had just done Tick, Tick, Boom, um, which was an incredible movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you should. And so I was like, okay, great. I've never actually been through this process as someone who is kind of more uh, at the center of the music side of making sure these songs happen but thank goodness uh, somebody will have done that and knows what it looks like to get on set and actually make sure that we are first of all pre-recording everything ahead of time the right way which had been a little bit around for the process of but actually implementing on set uh you know what do we need what are we asking for how are we protecting the resources on our side uh so that when we actually show up we make sure we have everything um and it was such a kind of low budget movie that in in a way that was amazing people really came together but yeah. we never necessarily had everything that we quite needed at any given time um but kind of the way that bill was saying i think like it uh we found ways and kind of creative ways to piece things together before and after the fact um and uh will also did like the orchestrations and he and bill did a, did a bunch of kind of building out these songs um especially for the soundtrack i think in a cool way we we lucked out that the songs are in the movie and in the movie they like serve the purpose they need to do which is like yeah. these funny clips of the songs doing it or the kids like doing the songs but then on the soundtrack we actually were able to because we wrote these full songs and then we kind of were able to imagine what if the kids were randomly able to record their cast album and that's really where you know these these musical geniuses on the music side of things came in in terms of making the song sound as incredible as possible in a way that would never be the case at any theater camp. Um, and they're both amazing, by the way, musicians and songwriters as well. Yeah, uh, you guys are all, I mean, have a rich history and in, in, in all of this. So um, I guess I mean, before we kind of jump into theater camp, I I, I love to just, lo I love hearing people's great inspirations and like what they grew up loving and everything. So I'm curious, I'll just ask a simple question. Like what does musical theater mean to you? Like just as a, as a person, as a storyteller, whether you're a fan of, as a worker in it or as a you know, creative in it, what does it mean to you as a person? So, uh, Bill, you want to kick us off? What does that mean to you? Uh, uh, 
Why, why do you love it? Why do you love it? Sure, I, well, I was, what I was about to say, the, the initial answer to your question is like, I never had any intention to be involved in music theater, like full stop, end of conversation. And Will and I talk about this actually frequently. Like I stumbled into music theater because I had a friend who was like, want to work on my musical. And I was like, sure. Yeah. And then and then I sort of tried to resist it forever. And then these cool projects just kept on coming along where I like, couldn't say no to them. But like, yeah. like people meet me and they want me to have a rich in the same way honestly that sesame street is they want me to have like a rich historical perspective of like everything stephen sondheim and every <laughs> like you know whatever gilbert and sullivan and da -da, roger tamerstein and and the same way like they want me to know all of the back history of like snuffleupagus and big bird and i do now but i didn't initially and i'm not like i don't listen to theater soundtracks and i don't go to a lot of shows and especially when i'm working on one i don't like to have other things messing up my head um but i'm not like but I, and my girlfriend will say, like, I keep on saying that, like, I'm not a theater person, but yet I keep on working on theater projects. So what I think I should say is that, like, I've sort of assimilated into it and I and I do love it. And I pick very specific things that are theater related to work on because I have to really enjoy it. And if I don't yeah. enjoy it, then I don't I don't do it. And so it's nice to be in your career where you can do stuff like that, which is fantastic. But like to me, when it really works, it's like new it's refreshing it's exciting and you get to work with your friends that's because yeah. at the end of the day for me theater is about working with my friends because most of my friends i just walked past spam a lot it's their opening night and my friend james is in spam a lot he was right there is the first time i've seen him in months and so like just things like that you know I, I get to see my friends and that to me is is uh awesome and also it's like very rare in life that you get to like work with your friends in such an intimate way and it's and yeah. it, when it's productive and cool and i love that and so like when i was called about this my first thought was like oh will i haven't seen will in like nine months or a year or whatever and we only get together when we work or like we once went out to dinner which was a crazy night we don't have to talk about that but like <laughs> but like that i love and we had such a good time and so like here we are you know that's yeah. that's what it means to me there you go that's awesome will for you what is it what does musical theater mean to you yeah i mean i think bill just said so much of it especially when he called them theater soundtracks um <laughs> when they're cast recordings <laughs> uh but uh <laughs> <laughs> no for me like I, I don't know I got into it because uh, a very similar reason it's like truly like the only real like real collaborative art form like all of it yeah from yeah. like from like the like the set to the lights to the like and the music like all of those things working together to tell one story and all of those things and that it's just so fascinating to me and to be able to help be a part of telling those stories is what interested me about it and I just grew up loving theater and I sort of was like oh this is a thing that like people can do and uh when I discovered that like it sort of like unlocked my life so yeah and here amazing. I am and here you yeah. are they, they're on DC working on the show it's amazing <laughs> uh Mark for you what does musical theater mean to you uh yeah I I also I mean I I performed in a bunch of musicals kind of growing up but I was never also like similarly not listening to to the theater yeah. soundtracks like all the time at all moments <laughs> um and and it's been it's been sort of uh my husband who did grow up that way it's sort of a a running joke that he is much more versed in like musical theater and composers than I am uh but I did love performing and my I did not grow up like near New York but my family would still go and like see our kind of you know community theater and and uh just always, I think, really spoke to me. I, I love story, I, I, partly because I, I was acting, and I think the idea that you could write songs that also contributed to this much 
uh, larger event evening. Um, maybe as I also realized that like, oh, I'm not gonna be like a famous pop songwriter in the context of like nothing else. I, part of what I love and, and I can speak about and wanna be uh, engaged with is how can these songs be part of something bigger? And then how can I collaborate? Yeah, both on the music team with people, but also with directors and with writers and with actors and with storytellers who then, you know, writing for an actor, writing for a story moment, trying to think of something that like in the song, like this cool thing will happen that has nothing to do with the music, but it's gonna make the moment really amazing uh, is a fun thing to think about too. And um, I think that's kind of like over time, what's, yeah, kept me engaged in yeah. addition to it's the only thing people want me to do really so don't worry well i'm gonna go back and over just dub over anytime they say musical soundtrack yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you i appreciate yeah. that and just put cast like, recordings <laughs> will relax we've all produced a bunch of them just simmered <laughs> down oh my goodness all right so like so theater camp i i mean it's such an amazing film it's such an amazing project and uh you guys got to work with such an amazing uh you know bunch of creatives and crew that you know the cast and crew of course but uh talk to me about the, i guess uh the first conversations about this project like when you sat down and started to kind of map out what the the music needed to be and what and you know we're, we're focusing on the songs you know you guys work with another composer that worked on the score um, that not not featured so much in your guys' world. So we're going to focus on the songs here. But what were I guess those first conversations uh, about? And because um, it is a, a, I love the approach. You know, I love the mockumentary approach. I love, you know, stuff like Waiting for Guffman and and you know this is Final Top and like looking at mu kind of music world like that through this kind of lens and kind of making it feel real and and just uh, the comedy just kind of naturally comes through from improv and stuff like that. So how did that all play into, I guess, the tone and the direction of what this this uh, was gonna be for what you guys worked on and what were the first chats about? Well, if we're gonna, yeah. are we gonna tell the truth here? I mean, I think like the first <laughs> chats were about like making it sound as bad as possible. <laughs> really? That's right, yeah. that's true. How can it sound as shitty as possible? That was the first conversation. <laughs> and Will and I kind of looked at each other and we said, they say they want that, yeah, but they don't really want that. And we know that, but we have to convince them that that's not a thing. And so like, that was the first bit. I also I also will say that I, I listened to the songs before I read the script. So I was like, ooh, it's like a musical. There's songs all over the show. It's all over the movie. And it just sort of, there's music everywhere. Da, da, da. And then I read the script and it's like, for the five and a half minutes at the end, there's a montage of these five songs like mushed all together. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. I'm totally into it either way. But yeah, the, the, that's funny, Will. The initial conversation was, can it sound terrible? And we were like, it can, but you're going to get that. Nobody wants and then that. you're not, nobody wants that. You're not going to like that at all. <laughs> So then what? The concept was the concept was like at this theater camp because they they don't have like an orchestra. They would just be right. you know, the kids would have made like kind of like terrible MIDI tracks because the counselors wrote the songs and so they'd play it behind the students. So like story wise, they were like that'll really work. And then also thinking like that'll be really cheap. You can just like use the MIDI things you're programming. Um, but you know, yeah, as makes sense when you hear something that sounds really terrible. You, you're not like, wow, what a funny idea where they like got right. those tracks, and it's, you're just like, these songs aren't very good, and uh, the music's kind of bad. Yeah, the so, joke kind of probably wears like it's, it's there for like a few seconds of joke, and then it's like you can't sustain that for the the whole sequence. I guess. Yeah, right? well, you, you would get the joke, Kaya, but like right. average listener who is not familiar, they're just like, oh, that's you know, the vibe for the the general audience is I don't really want to listen to that. 
Um, yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, for sure. But even as an audience, I think like, it is funny to see like, oh, here's some inexperienced people doing something. And, and, but if you're going to do a whole piece about it and it just like keeps going and then it's like, all right, now it's, a, now it's not fun or funny. We lost like the humor is gone and now it's just like kind of bad. Yeah, I guess I totally get that point of view. So I guess was it, so how, when did the, I guess the creative direction change? Was it you, what did they, did you have to kind of like guide them to kind of a vision of what it should it be? Or were they, uh, or yeah, were they open to your perspective or did they kind of like, did you have to kind of like nudge them and guide them to like get to where it should be? I feel like we, it was sort of as we, cause so initially had built out like kind of demos of the tracks that like didn't, I mean, they, they didn't sound very good cause they were like programmed instruments, but they also like weren't deliberately shitty. It was trying to like get right. what it was. And so I think there was also a way as makes sense, like going backwards from like the not great demos to something more clearly shitty, it sounded worse. And just as like, we went, we you know, shot it knowing that we could always kind of change the backing track later. As we went through it, it like just became clear pretty quickly that it was, okay, no, we want these to sound, you know, we don't want to sound like an orchestra suddenly appeared in a distracting way, but it's more distracting to have bleeps and bloops and that weird yeah. Trump thing. And uh, then it, be it became a question of like, okay, well now we have to turn this around in three weeks or a month or whatever it is. And these horns are in place. So why don't we like hire horn players from where I'm pretty sure that like, uh, that Bye Bye Birdie song is still like the, the MIDI thing. <laughs> You're right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that like somehow kept in, stayed in there. Mark did what all great composers do is he spends a lot of time writing really fantastic demos and like completely falls in love with it as is every other creative in the process does. And then, and then the goal is always like you're chasing the demos, right? So like, I feel like that's such a commonality in this line of work, which is like, people get so used to the demos and the vibe of the demos. And that's great. But like, I don't think at, at times there's not like an openness to find like the next level of the demo, whether you want that or not, like what's the next, the up, the, the 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 above beta version of your demo, right? And so like, that was an interesting process. And it always is with any composer, because it's like, well, I love this shit that I spent hours in my basement making, who are you to come along and fuck with it, right? And so then yeah. it's like, well, someone's paying me money to fuck with it, this is what I do. Like, you know, and so like, and so like that back and forth, I mean, if we're talking about the collaborative process is like sometimes very jarring and not the funnest, but sure. like is 100% part of this thing, which is like, hey, Mark, what if we did this with like a big band with like a bunch of this? And he'd be like, okay, or like, what if we change this around? And then Mark did what all great composers do is he's like, let's try it. And we never said, there was never like a full out no. It was always just like, let's try it. Okay, cool. So we tried it and we did like, like, Will wrote like these epic orchestral string things. And it was like, uh oh, that doesn't sound shitty. It sounds fucking magical. And then it was like, oh, it sounds magical. And then like, that's the thing we went with. And so like, and then, I don't know, there's one like funk number thing that we like went back and forth with, like how how mechanical is it versus how live should it sound and da 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 da. And then we yeah. kind of like came to this awesome middle ground. And I think that to me was like, I don't know, that's always the fun of it. Again, talking just like very specifically about the collaborative process, like, that's hundred percent the collaborative process where it was just like, I think Mark was on the zoom and me and Will were in the studio and Mark would listen and be like, well, what if this and, da, da, da. and then we would sort of like translate and move it around. And then we got to a point where it sounded pretty great. 
Yeah. So I guess, I guess, I guess, uh, what is, I guess, yeah, speaking of the collaborative process, like, I guess, what is the role of your two as executive music uh, uh, producers? And, uh, and clearly you've been working, you're working on arrangements and doing stuff from, from kind of Mark's work. And so I'm curious of that flow, like Mark, you're just like, you're writing something, handing them off to, to Bill and Will. And then yeah, I guess that's the process and the back and forth begins then. And uh, I guess, do you talk, I, I guess, what are you talking about during those back and forth? Like, what is, uh, what are some problems? What are some things that you really have to fix in that I'm curious, like, what the trio have you to work, and what are the roles of music producer with a composer and songwriter like that? I mean, I think it, I think it depends on like the situation. I, I would say like the reason that Bill probably brought me on, like, originally is I'm very organized. I'm a very organized human being, and I think that Mark would now agree with that. And like, so I feel like my role was to make sure that it got done, and then these guys, like, you know. <laughs> got to be creative that's usually in, like the doing of it <laughs> for the record i am often i believe kai has interviewed me in other collaborative teams where i've said my job was to get it done because i've been the get it done guy too and that's all so i'm not as organized as will van dyke that's a fact i know that but i do i'm fairly organized i do get the job yeah. done but yes no but yeah i i will say since i'm talking a lot uh uh is that the, the process was, so Mark sent us these demos, these logic demos, and then I just like took a stab at them, if I'm remembering this correctly. And I was just yeah. like, what if it's this? And I threw it, and then I sent it to Will. I was like, and Will was like, cool, let me play piano on it. And then he would play piano on it or like do something else and then send it back. And like, that was sort of like the first level. And then it was like, cool. And I believe that we filmed to those demos, like whatever the, the yeah, next that's version what we the filmed demo, to. Right? We filmed to those demos and then they shot, they edited, da, 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 and they came back to us. And then it was like, all right, well, now what do we do? And then initially it was, uh, well, we'll get a few live instruments to make it sound live so it's not completely synthetic because we had gotten over the let's make it sound shitty thing. So it's like, yeah. okay, cool, we're going to make it sound good. And then it was like, all right, well, now we're going to make a record and we had like a budget. So it's like, cool, why don't we make the whole thing live? So we just kept on like piecemeal, like I said initially, like keep on piecemeal replacing things until everything was live and everything sounded like something. And that was cool. Like that was just, just a different puzzle that I've never really done. And that's, that's sort of how we, I mean, is that, that's fair. It was like, all right, we're going to record the horns this week. So we did the horns and then they came back and then it was like, cool. And then we responded to the horns like, okay, I need the string section here. And then we sort of moved the pieces of the Tetris of it around until it sounded like something, I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and also like, I, I was sort of, you know, pretty much anything that got sent. I mean, we would, we would like iterate, but would get sent to in kind of a, a nice way. The loop was sort of closed, but like the directors and the writers, of the movie were also the the co-songwriters so everything would yeah. go to them and i was like sort of the the music rep of of the team but a lot of the the shaping and the notes would come from the four of them as well and you know i feel like typically it's like you're checking with the other songwriters maybe and then ultimately you have to go to the directors and like there's actually a lot of approvals you have to go through and it was a little bit nice to have a shorter turnaround of like, all right, well, the directors are also the co-writers. And so if they're down and everyone's okay with it, um, can come back with it and uh, and find kind of what we're, we're looking for. Yeah. And we'll just say like, Will did a lot more than just get it done too. I mean, he did like- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Well, like, like, <laughs> he got it done as well as like making sure that like the charts were done for the horns like, yeah. and all the arrangement stuff as well. Like he's- yeah. Will I just calls in. Like, is it done Will yet? did all the work. <laughs> We yeah. did all the work and Mark and I sat around and judged him. Like that's yeah, really yeah. what happened and that's how that worked. But there's there's also a component too, just because I yeah, like hadn't gone through and and Will, I don't think you had either like been on been on set like that way before. And just like for, you know, there were these days it was like we'd drive up from New York and and 
uh, we'd just kind of be like, all right, we're shooting bye bye bird. Like, what do we have to do? Like, let's make sure the playback's working. Were you around for the day when there just wasn't the playback guy had like gotten hired by another project and just wasn't there? I remember that. There, there, there was a day, well, you know, there's that element you were just like, actually part of what it is, is having he's like, one other person sort of around and, and we will definitely be in both, whether he was physically there or not, the kind of like, something's happening, Will, I don't really know, like, do you have any thoughts here? Just like, give me some emotional support at times. Um, because it was like, I mean, and and uh, this is a testament to like the, how it turned out, I think, like, it really wasn't all hands on deck, like we're shooting during yeah, people are getting COVID, like, you know, yeah, yeah. very much this was 2022, uh, like still the protocols very much in place. And also like as production was coming back, you know, people who were, and this wasn't just that one playback guy who got hired on another project and like left. <laughs> so we had a day of playback without playback. And one of the the uh, sound guys was like, I'll be doing playback today, I guess, instead of holding this mic. Uh, the... <laughs> There were, that was happening in like all different departments at different times. And there was like, there was kind of a spirit of, all right, you know, we have, there were no extra days. We actually lost days of shooting. We weren't able to go back and do reshoots. We knew whatever we were going to get is what we had to get. And just kind of having a creative, you know, musical support, both like knowing again, like the day of like, what are we shooting? Are we getting what we need? Are we making sure that we have what's isolated? Are we making sure that like, we're playing this with the the earwigs in. We're playing this. Uh, we're getting, you know, they're dancing to it, so it doesn't matter. Uh, after the fact, being like, hey, well, this is what we got. So now, how do we make that all sound good? Um, you know, the vocal takes from the pre-records, the vocal takes live. Let's go through all of that, and you know, we'll be very patient, like you know, at, at his apartment. Like, let's 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 listen to these takes and find and find the ones that we think we like, and then you know hearing that the director's like a different take and we find that take too. And um, they're just kind of being, being in, 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 in the trenches, I think as well, like just having a team that um, also not knowing, I mean, I have, I have no idea. Like I, I didn't know these guys before this process. It could have been, yeah. it could have been like terrible people who are like really mean and like, look, here it is. And they're not getting paid very much. Like they're busy with other things. They might've just been like, this is what it is, Mark. And <laughs> buddy, <laughs> yeah, you want to like do something with it, go for it. But like, this is what we have been hired for, and this is like what we have time for. So here you go. And uh, it just like you know, I think hopefully that theater pro we're all kind of used to like not having enough resources, and you somehow figure out a way to get it done. And I think there was like a love in some ways for the insanity of what this project was, and like a testament to this art form that is crazy. And I think, I think in a way that's unexpected, like the movie is more heartfelt than you anticipate, I think in part because of the music at the end. And um, yeah. yeah, that was good, Mark. You just summed all the shit up. That was fantastic. Well done. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. Interview is over, guys. Well. Thank you that's for joining us. Uh, oh, thanks for, uh, welcome to, no, but no. <laughs> but uh, speaking on that, because a collaborative pro, I mean, you guys seem like you have been like lifelong friends. The chemistry is like unreal between all three of you. So like, I we're think good it, we're good actors for this interview. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've been prepping for. We rehearsed prepping. this like last, yeah. last week. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it does, I mean, it does help when you get to find like, I think creative minds that kind of sync and, you know, I'm sure you know, this town is filled with personalities that clash that don't work. So it can always be a, a hellish production if you're working with somebody who just kind of, you know, it just adds friction, but it seems like, but sometimes friction works and sometimes friction builds something new. So, you know, so it can build something up. So, but Mark, I'm curious, what was your process like working with um, uh, the, you know, the writers and the directors who are also the songwriters, like uh, that process 
and uh, what were they? What were you trying to get from them? What were they trying to get from you? Like, what was everybody adding to that collaborative process? Yeah, I mean, well, to your point, like it, it was, you know, I uh, and have have done find myself more and more like collaborating with writers and yeah, in, in yeah. a cool, exciting way, and uh, you know, not knowing usually what the collaboration is going to look like going in, but also knowing, especially on a film project, for the most part, like you know, trying to get at the director's vision ultimately and, and the writers too, but even with another writer, uh, you know, with theater, you're like writing a score for a musical, like with a script writer. And, and it's sort of, uh, there's a way that the writing really leads ultimately the music writing is leading the storytelling in a deep way. And both because in this movie, the musical is just at the end, but film in general have found that like, as makes sense, you are, you know, there to kind of help with the director's vision and ultimately their kind of uh, sense of what the movie is and their genius is gonna be leading whatever the things are. And uh, that sometimes can be really smooth. That sometimes can be really confining. And it was really kind of amazing with four people, you know, what's that gonna look like? We were yeah. all on a for, for these songs mm -hmm. and like they had kind of a concept sort of roughly written out, but we would just get on a Zoom like kind of all day. Each song was like a Sunday basically. And we would just like, Basically, you know, it, I think it helped that it was comedy, but we're all like pitching the jokes and we all have a deep yeah. in the way that Bill and Will really brought too. but like, I wasn't sure. Are they just going to want kind of parody songs? You know, are they just going to want sure. kind of like a little vamp? And then it kind of sounds like that. And we, but they, they were really interested in, in making the music um, actually feel kind of real. And uh, so it was, it was fun to uh, like be in the room with them and pitching things. They're all, I mean, incredible comedy minds uh but also just in terms of the vibe that they wanted it was really really clear and they had a shorthand that i mean for the you know for them it could have been like miscommunication and clashes all over the place but we basically spend a day and we'd have a draft of the the song and i'd kind of be at the piano and then i'd go away and like make the demo and kind of try to flesh it out and see if the sonic world was close to what they wanted if like whatever the the key changes the tempo shifts were close they'd give me notes and we kind of, we made all those demos basically before, um, first of all, we knew the movie was gonna be like a go. Um, and, but then kind of had those ready kind of when Bill and Will uh, joined yeah. um, and kind of went from there, I don't know. I think that's a testament to like the, the collaborative nature of theater people, like people who are involved in the theater world are like inherently collaborative because in my experience, like movies and theater are very different, even theater movies, which you would yeah. think. Absolutely. But like movies, in movies, in my experience, it's like super hierarchical. Like there's a director and whatever the director says goes. And it's not like they're a dick. It's just like there's so many people and there's so much to like whatever the guy says or like whatever that person says, you just do it. Like that's yeah. it. There's not really much of a question. If they ask you a question and they want your input and blah, blah, blah that's fine. Whereas at least in my my personal theatrical experience, it's like the director and the composer and the orchestrator, and they're all kind of just the choreographer, just kind of like hanging around and we all just talk and bullshit and best idea in the room wins. And that to me is always yeah. the most successful ones. So like that being said, there are very successful movies with very dictatorial directors and there are very, you know, like collaborative best idea wins vibes and everybody wins in the end. But I don't know, they're, they're very different dynamics in the same way, like titles are different, right? Like sure. a executive music producer in a film is not the same, is like a music supervisor of a theatrical production, blah, 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 blah. But like those titles differ. And like, there's definitely like a weird subtle discrepancy between all of them. And like, you just have to sort of know what field you're playing in and how to whatever. What I, I just want to say one other thing about collaborate. I feel like the best 
like as as organized as Will is, my best thing of all of this is like I know how to put the right people in the room. That's my favorite thing in the yeah. whole wide world. And like if I could start like an IO psychology business in which I just make teams of people to do shit, I would, but I'm not organized enough to do that. So here I am. We but like Will. Will can help you. But I know I get Will. Will could be the head of <laughs> He'll the, organize everything. The EO. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but like that that to me is the thing. I feel like that's always, always where I take the most yeah. pride of is like just like putting my dad, when I was a kid, was like, you should read this book. It's called like Putting the Right People on the Bus or some stupid title like that. That's like such a dad thing to say. And he's like, you should read it. And I never read it. But I really like the idea of it, which is just like, <laughs> it's like you put the right collaborations. It's like it's like when yeah. you're forming Voltron or like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's like everybody has their job and blah, blah, blah. When you put it together, it's a thing. That I love. That's great. And that's that this is. This is this is how that turned out. Yeah, absolutely. And for the for I'm curious for like so when you're approaching these songs and they're 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 kind of coming to shape and they're coming to like are are is the are they talking to you about like we want it to sound like are they referencing Sondheim are they referencing like you know Andrew Lloyd Webber or anything like that like are you are you pulling from other styles of musicals and other songwriters or are you trying to come up something that like these kids or the characters in the film would think is like that or you know i'm curious how it fits into the story of theater camp versus just like homaging you know the great theatrical you know experiences of the world you know <laughs> yeah it was pretty i mean i think like for the most part like you know uh women cannot read it was like they want this sort of immigrant coming you know jewish we are here uh fiddler sort of thing um and so I, you know, I think in general that one was pretty clear. Same with like the Wall Street tap dance thing, and it's like, mm -hmm. all right, well, you can listen to How to Succeed or just yeah, Forty Second Street, like just trying to find basically just make playlists, sort of as a conversation with 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 the four of them initially to kind of get on the same page. Uh, the I would say that uh, I forget what they all are, but the Campus and Home, the last one, was the one that was kind of the most open ended in terms of sound, like wanting it to feel like oh like the end you know it's sort of like seasons of love maybe but they also they were they really liked the song from the the movie camp also about theater camp uh mm -hmm. it's called the uh the century plant is that what it is um they they all it's like they're all kind of jamming around sort of folky um and they really wanted that sense of like an organic kind of thing but there was a whole first part of that song that was the joke was what if the counselors had like and you can get you get a little bit with it in the like uh and the glass glasses and alcohol there's something more for the fact like there's this weird kind of tangent but there was a whole thing was like, what if they tried to write like a sondheim like this is amazing musical theater um but it, it didn't like really translate and part of yeah. what it did come back to is like how do you in the same way of the the shitty midi sounds like ultimately you're trying to make the thing that is not taking you out of the story sonically uh, and is just supporting whatever is happening. Uh, no Tomorrow's the other one that was like... Yeah, that's like a disco. I, what I was going to say is like each yeah. of them have their own like... Like the overture is like an overture. There's the How to Succeed number. There's the tap number. There's the disco number. But then I think like what really attracted to me about the project, like when I heard the original demos was the fact that camp is in home is like it finally like lands on the voice of like the five of you writing a song. And that's like a really cool thing to like go from like your version of songs through other people's lenses to like a song in like your actual voice, which is cool, you know, and a cool thing to like get part of. Like those drums. Yeah. Hey, they sound great. <laughs> exactly. Swept away and just the the sound of them. Right there, yeah. 
So uh, yeah, I guess I, I also want to ask about, you, talk, you mentioned about like recording, you know, doing the live records and then everything. So when you have these songs and you take them to the set and they're filming with the songs that you guys have, have recorded, I guess it's so much different than just, I guess, you know, performing it for a live theater space and you're bringing it to a set for to work with. So I'm curious what that process is like and how that differs from maybe a traditional musical like, theatrical experience and for your for your guys' process. And are you guys on set when they are recording and are you guys giving direction? Are you helping them help the actors and helping the filmmakers kind of make sure they capture what they need? I'm curious about that process. Yeah. I mean, the, the first, not not only on this, something that really struck me just like on the, the first movie I ever worked on where it was like, oh, this is in some ways the reverse of theater because in theater, you rehearse it, you're in previews, you like all the people know their performance and then you record uh, the theater soundtrack for that show. And when you record it, then like they all already know the performance that they're going to give yeah. and they're giving it. Whereas here you go in for pre-records in, in a film, you get them in the studio, you might get some stuff live, but the stuff in the studio, they're singing something before they've like maybe fully found the character like you're trying to find it in the studio and then later the performance on screen they like have to match you know unless you're capturing live yeah. they have to match what they've already recorded so it's like their their like physical performance uh it's a little less relevant on this movie but like on some other ones where it's hey you know like actually your voice is sadder than this like it doesn't look you don't look like you're sad enough for the mm -hmm. way you're singing and it's just a funny, a funny flip of uh, of just what you're used to in theater, which is trying to capture the performance that they have found, as opposed to match the vocal performance you're getting ahead of time. Um, that didn't answer the question for theater camp, but just say that was something I. Yeah, no, absolutely. But every every film I've ever worked on, we've we've done like an app, like like essentially ADR almost entire songs, like Tick Tick yeah. Boom, which you brought up before, like that scene at the end when he's doing. Um, when I was nine, Michael and I, whatever that is, like he sang it live and it was, it was unbelievable, but he was like fully crying. And so like, all you heard was like tears and like phlegm and like whatever. And so we were like, well, that sounds pretty real, but it sounds not so great. And so it was like, rah, 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 rah. so then it was like, all right. So then we, we did, we, we went back and sort of ADR'd a lot of it, but like, that's the, that's the game. Like, that's how it works, which is like sort of the secrets of movie musicals, which is yeah. you record, you record one thing, you film another thing. And then after the fact, you try to figure out which, which, what, what you're doing, like where, where, where to finally tonally end up and then matching the tones to work like that. Yeah. Yeah. We got lucky with this where the kids are so amazing that at least for theater camp, a lot of the solo stuff that they're singing, we did, we were able to get live because we had rehearsed the show. It's like kind of okay if it's not perfect, because first of all, it's like literally theater. You know, if if it's a musical where they're walking down the street and, and they're literally kids. I mean, it's like <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to hear perfect kids. Yeah. But yeah. that's where like the pre-records were really helpful because it, it forced them to learn the song. And so then when they were on set, like the stuff we were capturing was that much better. Did the, yeah. Does the fact that they were kids change the approach at all? Or did you, you were writing for, for child actors? Like did that change your approach at all? Or was it not really a thing? It was, we were, didn't come into your head. Like just I the mean, keys, just the keys. we changed, yeah. changed some keys, but uh, yeah, not, not really. I don't know. I mean, I didn't write it, but I, I, yeah, I think key wise, didn't we move some keys around for the kids? Yeah, always done Ben, ben in, in some of the demos, Ben would try to like, or he would like sing in falsetto, like try to imagine. <laughs> like approximate a child, and, but like approximate a child who had like a crazy voice. And like, yeah, still exactly. too high. <laughs> yeah, Will and I worked on a musical with kids and had to change all the keys all the time yeah. because like their voices were changing and like all this stuff. It was great. I mean, it really kept you on your toes. It was wild. Yeah, we would get the note uh, 
you know, in like putting the songs together after the fact, like these, this sounds a little too good. Like the kids sound a little too good. Like how do we still have it feel as though they could be singing live or, or, you know, yeah. even the, the ensemble stuff in, in particular, you can't really get live because like, there's just no, you know, you have to isolate all these, there'd be no way to really do it. Um, but the solo stuff, it's easier, uh, obviously, because you can just mute everything, have them sing and, and capture it the way you would like dialogue. Uh, yeah and since it was kind of a small film and small budget film was like what is the key i guess to, to stretching a budget on something like this to make it work because you know recording music is so expensive we all know how it can be but it for a good reason because there's so many people involved and so many talented you know people putting work, their hours of their lives into it so i'm curious working on something like a production like this where you're trying to capture that that you know make everything look amazing as amazing as possible and i guess what i guess what allowed you get to get that budget to do kind of the bigger the bigger album at the end was it just like uh did they that money just appear out of nowhere did, like i'm curious like i'm curious how that went like that's amazing that more or less <laughs> thanks to thanks well to, i will know, say go ahead no i was gonna say like well the pandemic is one because like what you're hearing in the movie is like we didn't have to get a studio to record all the instruments you hear oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. in them because like everybody has home studios so like that was a huge part of stretching the budget is we could get people to record at home and then like put it together and like make it cohesive and like cool like that but then i mean bill what were you going to say about money appearing oh and then we went to make a then they they came uh, interscope whoever it was came on to make a record and all of a sudden we had a record budget and so that sort of changed things completely that's and awesome. so that's yeah. that's very by the way and that's super rare full stop usually like you're taking the tracks you made for the movie and just like remixing them for a thing because mostly because you've already recorded them with real instruments whereas our thing was a little bit different where it was like this hodgepodge that we later made a full podge of liveness you know what i'm saying and so yeah. like that was and, and so we they was a budget and we didn't it was great and it was totally and um yeah, they gave us a, like a legit budget to do it right. And we did it right. And that was really cool. I mean, that was, that's not a, you know, in a, in a indie movie, that's a rarity, if not a never. And so that yeah. I thought that was, that was, that was pretty great. That's amazing. Yeah. And they were really supportive of, we, we weren't able, I don't think we, we went back and got any of the kid recording again, but again, like we had just, part of it helped, like it was five songs, whatever, like we, we got the vocals we needed, but then we were kind of like, yeah, we need this amount to get the instruments, you get it to sound incredible and. They were like, okay, and I may never, yeah. may never happen again. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. <laughs> well, I think you guys did such an amazing job. I mean, uh, the, the film is hilarious. It's it's it's, it's poignant. It gets it. It's just a wonderful collaborative, and you can feel the collaboration behind it because not just the writing of the film and the acting. Because I know it came from a short film that they all made and kind of, you know, blossomed into this feature. And uh, it's on Hulu for people. You know, go, go check it out. It's a, a wonderful. If you like stuff like Christopher Guest and stuff like that, I think it's a, a really in line with that kind of that comedy and that humor. And uh, I'm, I'm as we wrap up, you know, maybe just talking about musical theater and and stuff in in general. I'm, I'm you know, especially comedy stuff like this as comedic. Do you think that like we've seen kind of this rise of kind of, of just also comedic musical theater, whether it's like Book of Mormon or Avenue Q or stuff like that? Do you think that's helped like the general public, I guess, maybe jump into musical theater a little bit more versus more like kind of the traditional stuff like Phantom of the Opera, stuff like that? Or, you know, I'm curious if, what your take is on that genre of comedic musical theater. And do you think it has helped or do you think the traditionalists are like, no, that's like a little bit too we're kind of mocking the, the whole thing? I'm curious. <laughs> well, here's a hot take. Um, you know, musical theater prior to like 1980 was like the music that you would hear on the radio like that's what it was like in the 40s like 50s 60s all that stuff and then like you know 
what happened in the 80s with like phantom and those things it's sort of like there became this like divergent thing and i think what the comedy has helped but also like things like bill is doing with Anne juliet and stuff like that that's like it's trying to like bring them back together mm-hmm. and like i think that's that is the thing that's exciting and like yeah. is going to ultimately get people back to the theater is if if they trust like when they go to the the theater they're going to hear music that sounds like the music we listen to you know and not some like its own like genre of music sure which is part of i mean bill show right now the sing-along that is going to start imminently uh, and juliet is is max terrified <laughs> yeah that's gonna be great i wish i could be there <laughs> i mean it's either gonna be like the best thing ever or like oh no but either way like it's i'm all for it like fuck either it. way it's gonna be the best thing ever no matter that it's bad yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but part of i mean part of uh you know what bill is and then just the shows that bill's been a part of like he part of his genius is, is being able to bridge that gap like of the sonic worlds of yeah what you listen to in pop and also get people to actually listen to the songs. And if, if you have not seen Anne Juliet, go see Anne Juliet, Kaya, uh, when you move to New York or where, I mean, I know you can only see shows wherever you live, but like when you're in New York. Bring it to and, Pantages. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, It'll sure. be in Pantages sometime next year, I suppose, or the year oh, after Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, but like part of, part of what's incredible is, uh, is the balance of taking these pop songs that you know and a lot of times when you listen to pop, like you aren't necessarily listening to the lyrics. I mean, you yeah. certainly in a lot of cases, but the way that when you put it on stage, it's actually, you kind of do need to listen to the lyrics because the, I mean, typically the show is teaching you to invest in the story. And that's just an example of a show where you're taking the, these iconic songs, but because of, you know, what all the creatives, in, including Bill, have done to the pacing and the rearrangements and the way it works, suddenly those become text in the story. And right. I think like in the way Will's saying, there's, there's a lot, I mean, definitely Hamilton, but you know, six, there's, there's a lot of shows that are, what does it look like to bring that music into theater and have it actually tell a story? Um, and, uh, you know, some work well and some don't, but absolutely. Yeah. It works. <laughs> well, Thanks, guys, guys, yeah. Thank you so much uh, for all your insight. I mean, it's been such a fun chat. I mean, uh, I know you guys are so busy, so I appreciate, uh, you know, jumping in and chatting about theater camp and, and musical theater. And uh, it's been so enlightening. So yeah, yeah, Bill and, and Bill, Will and Mark. Yeah, thank you so much. And congrats on the movie. I think it's, it turned out so well. And I think your involvement and your touch like really helped to, you know, the, uh, the perfect thing for the whole thing. And I, I really, really enjoyed chatting with you guys. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. Enjoy the film if you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs>